Well, it's the 1st of December, <gasps> and you know what that means. Does that mean I get to open the first door on this little thing? You get to open the first door on the podcast. <gasps> oh, let's see what's behind door number one for the 1st of December. It's <gasps> some things I've played. Oh. I'll see you tomorrow for the next one. <laughs> oh, I want... oh, good morning. Oh, good I'm morning. The second door on the podcast. Ah, is this something? Oh, look in here. It's something so watched. Oh, well, time for bed. <laughs> time for bed. Oh, good morning, 3rd of December. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you want to open today's? Sure. It's some things we've watched. It's some things we've watched, isn't that? Oh, I'm really sleepy. Let's <laughs> go back to bed. Oh, good morning. <laughs> I oh. not go where I thought it was going to go. <laughs> good morning. It's time to open, I believe, like the fifth door now on the thing. Fourth draw. Fourth draw of the thing. Oh, look. It's a queer trans lady. I wonder what we'll get tomorrow. Oh. Uh, you on back to bed. <laughs> December the 5th. Oh, it's the other queer trans lady. It's, it's the other queer. We've got a set now. Oh, I Maybe reckon... they'll talk to each other about things they play, watch, they listen to and do some silly skits. I imagine by the time we get to the end of all the days of December, we'll probably have a set of queer and pleasant strangers. Strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane Eris Magnet. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers, that podcast where we do our very best not to just laugh at our own jokes when we're supposed to be I doing a show. I did not go where I expected it was going to no, go. but it, it went there. There it was. Right <laughs> there, there it was. I, it, usually, usually we don't do that sort of thing, but occasionally... You don't do uh, that sort of thing. No, occasionally a bit of silly laughter he gets through. Sorry about that. A bit of silly laughter, that just degenerated. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> you'll be able to, to understand some of what was in that skit. People need to hear laughter. It is important, given it, the state of the world right now. It is important, given share, the state of the world share, right now. Do you enjoy laughter? In, enjoy our, our silliness and... <sighs> Have a moment's respite. So yeah, it's a podcast. Two queer trans ladies. We talk about things we've done in the week that are media consuming, and then we ha- do silly voices and skits. That's us. Day four and five. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> what have we been playing this week? Uh I have. I I have continued to play Age of Calamity. I've seen the credits and everything. Yeah, I am rapidly approaching the credits once I finish clearing up the infinity side quests that keep popping up. It's a Sisyphean task. Yeah. Get no. all tidied up, get everything tidied up, and you just, oh, just go do the next story you mentioned. What the bloody hell's all this? There, there was a moment just before dinner tonight where I was like, oh, I've only got three more combat side missions, and then I can go do the final story mission. And then I did the first of the three, and it's like, and here's four to replace it. And I'm like, oh, but, but, but I was uh, so close. I'm having a great time. Yay! I, do- I am you from the opening <laughs> of last week's podcast. I don't want to be doing anything that isn't playing Age of Calamity. I, I was very happy to do have done a callback intro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I, we're bringing it in here. I'm... <laughs> I am very, very much like, here's the problem. 
callback intro would be great, except that I wouldn't be able to bring myself to put it down if I started playing it in the intro. <laughs> like, I have to be like, nope, nope, it's podcast time, I'm well behaved, no video games during the podcast. You used to play video games during podquisition. Oh, I, yeah, occasionally. You played but... Euro Truck Simulation. Yeah, I did, it was great. <laughs> but I'm trying to be behaved and responsible. It's not the worst thing that any of you yeah. lot have done during podquisition, I'll be yeah. honest. Age of Calamity is great, though. It is. Yeah, it I. It's fantastic. I I may prefer it to original Hyrule Warriors. I think. I I much prefer. Secret character Linkle must be had. I. You know that I have like that. There is definitely less of a variety of characters, but like the characters they have all feel more distinct and fleshed out. Um. I really like the way that they've doled out the side quests as you go. That has felt really nice. Um, much better than the fucking adventure mode from the other one. It, um, yeah, it feels less imposing to go, hey, do you want to level up and explore things and and, and get some extra build-up stuff? Yeah, it it yeah, lets you dip in and story. out casually, in, in and out of the side content, without making it feel like you've backed out of the game entirely. By putting it all on the map, it makes it a lot more approachable. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, I have been pleasantly surprised by some of the playable characters. There are some characters I did not expect to be playable. <laughs> um, there are some characters that are a lot more fun to play than I would have imagined them. Um, I've had at least a few moments of, oh shit, I get to play as them, mm-hmm. which has been nice. Um, it has more playable characters than I anticipated it having. Yeah, I guess so. It's... um. I mean, I th- think finding that, that second group of four was like, oh, that's a lot. And then, obviously, there was Hestu, which yeah. was a nice surprise. Yeah. Not one I've used a lot, but... Yeah. Um, there's that other sort of four-in-one character yeah. that was like, oh, yeah, nice surprise, not sort of super into that. But most of the others I've been, like, very, like, this is cool. Yeah. I've not I've not played as the last character that you unlocked mm. yet. Uh, and here's the thing, even the couple of characters that are a little too large and unwieldy to use in like a lot of missions, I have had a lot of fun using them in any missions that are like you're in a big open field, kill a billion things. They're really fun. They have really fun movesets, they're just a bit cumbersome to use anywhere fiddly. Yes. Um like yeah, this is a really good game. Mm. Um it has very much reinvigorated my excitement for more Breath of the Wild. Um, like, I've kind of been a bit down on... N- not super excited for Breath of the Wild 2, because I'm like, eh, do I want to go back to that world without, like, the thrill of exploration? I'm like, no, nah, there's still stories you can tell in this world that are interesting. I, I don't remember it. Pardon? Like, I could tell you roughly which direction things are in, partly because yeah. I've been playing Age of Calamity. Couldn't, couldn't navigate the damn world. I reckon I could, probably... But I, I, this has gotten me excited about Breath of the Wild's world again. I'm excited that at the very least we're going to have three Zelda games in this world. Zelda. Yeah, this is Age of Calamity is real fucking good. It mm-hmm. is. It is a. It is a very polished. It's the most polished, consistently made like good video game that I think Koei Tecmo's made in a long time. Possibly ever. Yeah, yeah, and apparently it's done well for them. It is the best-selling Warriors game ever. Its first week sales outsold any other Warriors game that has ever existed. 
like lifetime sales of any other Warriors game outsold in a week. They've got the effort. Uh, they, they, you know, they've got the talent. They just need to put the fucking effort in. Yeah, and as has been proven, when they work with other companies and other properties, they can make good games. Yeah, because I, I, I think you said the AOE one was alright. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The uh, Fire Emblem one is good. Um, all of the ones they do that aren't Dynasty Warriors are really good. Yeah, because after the travesty that was nine. Yeah, yeah. Um, see, I don't really have anything particularly um, intelligent to say about Age of Calamity. It's a good hit thing. It's a good hit thing. Um, it really gets all those little bits in my brain that like to go, and I did the thing, and I did the thing, and then that unlocked that, and now I went and did that, and I'm going to do that, and I, 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 all the numbers went up, and the, I ticked the things off the boxes. That nice. bit of my brain, having a great time. It's a lot of little dopamine hits. Oh, God, yeah. It is, it is pretty... Rods, rods, rods. Yeah, it is very good at making you not only feel very powerful, but making you feel like you've been rewarded and just constantly like, oh, you did great, have this, have this, you did great. Yeah. But without ever devaluing... Each of the, those biscuits. Yeah, each of those little biscuits it gives you. Nom nom nom. Nom, nom nom. What about you? What else have you been playing this week? What else I've been playing... I played through on my own some, some patchwork. Yeah, that is a two-player game. You played just... some of it yourself. Because yeah. I've, I've You've been, been busy. busy. Books. What? Nearly done with books. For yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's good fun. It's yeah. um it's a cute little game by uh, Uwe Rosenberg. Um, so you have these little polymino tiles. Yeah. Some of them have little golden buttons on them. Oh. And you lay them all out around your time board. And you put your markers on the beginning. And basically... Every um, patch you pick up to pa- um, sew together onto your quilt uh, is a different polymino shape. So you've got a sort of you've got the puzzle of like, oh, I'm going to put this on my board, but where, where will it fit in? And the first person to fill a seven by seven grid on their their player board will get a, like a bonus score, Ooh. and you score sort of various points throughout uh, the the game based on how many buttons you've got on your overall quilt. <laughs> And it's just a really sweet game. Yeah. Um, it's like, yeah, just like there's the fun little like, okay, I need to pick this up, but I need to make sure I can put it in. Mm. And obviously I want to get more things with buttons on, but they're more expensive. So do I hang on back and try and get some more money? Yeah. Um, there's like a whole mechanic of if you're lagging behind, you can basically, until you catch up or overtake the person in front of you, you can keep taking turns. Mm. So you could be like, I'm just going to keep getting the cheap patches and stay behind them <laughs> and get like a few extra goes ahead, which isn't necessarily going to be good for you overall. Or you can just be like, I'm going to make up that space and get a button for every single space I made up until I overtook them. Mm. Um, and it's this mechanic of you put you take a patch and that has a point value and a time value, like how long it takes you to sew. So some things could have, like, just like, okay, it cost me three, but that's going to take me six, six time, yeah. six minutes or whatever to, to get that sewn on, which means I'm going to go ahead and I might score based on that, or I might even claim a little one by one block that I can put somewhere on my on my board. Yeah. Or, um, you know, I, I might just, you know, put myself so far ahead that my opponent's like, well, I've run out of money, so I'm just going to just 
pop over in front of you and get like just a load of cash that way. Yeah, it seems like an interesting little game. I'm excited to give it a try. Yeah, it's got some fun little rubber, rubber banding mechanics yeah. to keep everyone involved. It seems just short and simple and cute. Yeah, it, it doesn't take more than about half an hour to, to get through once you know what you're doing. Yeah. Yee. What about you? Uh, other than Age of Calamity, which has honestly <laughs> been... It's the only thing I've made time to play this week, because, again, book stuff most of the week. Um... I I played a little bit more Hades. Mm-hmm. Um, I continue to be having a lot of fun dipping into that as and when I am able. Um, I am trying out some other weapons. I haven't had a chance to use it yet, but I've unlocked the the the, the fancy version of the gun, and I'm excited to give that a try. Mm-hmm. Um, I played a bit more um, played a bit more Yakuza, mm-hmm. continuing to have a very fun time with that in spite of its like. Little... Naming conventions. Yeah, it's like, here's the thing. It has its little shitty things that I'm ignoring and just being like, look, let's just hope they don't get worse and that this is about it. Because everything around that is charming and funny and really well written. Um, I did a stream of it the other day and all we did for like half an hour was um, do terrible karaoke tracks with um, various button inputs and watch our protagonists sing about wanting to be a Dragon Quest hero and there's a little video of him helping his child self up off a step and it's really sweet and it's like, oh, it's it's cheesy and tacky and he that can't sing like a, and I love it. That feels like a, an intersex party video. It's 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 very much got that energy. <laughs> um, I, I, had, I had a side quest that was all about um, rescuing my new best friend in game, a crawfish named Nancy. <gasps> Um, yeah, she was gonna be eaten for dinner, and we were like, nope, not happening. And now Nancy fights by our side, pecking people's eyes out with pincers, pincing people's eyes out. That, 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 so much of my time playing that game, I love it. Mm-hmm. Just with those, like, mm, just, just don't let that bit of the game get any worse, please. Super play. Um, and the other thing is, I played a little bit of a game called Ghost Runner. Um, is I, this the bad one? Uh, the, the bad PS5 game? No. Okay. Uh, I don't know what bad PS5 game. I heard there was a bad PS5 game, and I think <laughs> it begins with a G. No. Uh, Ghost Runner is a. How would I describe this? Imagine Mirror's Edge in a more sort of dark cyberpunk setting, and you have a sword. Ooh. So it's first person. Running and parkour, um, you have a sword. And basically, enemies can kill you pretty much in a single hit, and you can kill them in basically a single hit. Um, And the idea is to never stop moving even when you're killing things. So it's very much like run across a wall, land on a platform, instantly slice through an enemy, and just keep running. You don't even break stride, keep making your leaps off things. You've got a grapple hook, you can sort of swing around. It's, It's parkour and... Don't stop moving while you murder people. Um, it's got a very satisfying feel to the game. Um, everything, much like Mirror's Edge, it's very easy to get into that sort of flow state of just I'm moving and moving and moving and just not stopping. I have never played it. Oh, it's it's good. I'm a big fan of Mirror's Edge. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, the only thing I will say is that the Switch port has some performance issues. Um, I have I have looked at footage of the other platforms and gone, wish I was playing it on there. So I I might play on something else. 
So yeah, um, that's everything I've played, I think. Have you played anything else? Uh, I finished my run of Lord of the Rings Volume 1, oh, Fellowship of the Ring. How did it go? Uh, we lost. Oh. Yeah, so there's a glitch right at the beginning of the game, which meant I couldn't trigger this one thing where you go to a cave and pick up two really key items. Did one... you did you know this from the start, that you'd had this glitch? I, I realised that I had the glitch, because I, I think we had to restart the stream like three times to try and like clear this thing. Yeah. And eventually it was like, okay, I'm just going to have to avoid that whole encounter, because it's just crashing the game. Okay. So it was me like, okay, that's fine, I'll just avoid that. And there's me in my head going, no, we definitely need at least, like, one item from that cave. Because one of the items is half of the Sword of Anduril. Ah. Half of Aragorn's, like, legendary fucking sword that you really need. Yeah. And I think the other, I'm pretty sure the other item in there is the White Wing. Yeah. Which you, like, carry all the way to fucking Lothlorien. And then you backtrack briefly into part of, of Mordor, um, Moria. Yeah, and then you use the wing on this bird statue. The bird statue comes to life. It gives you a spell, <laughs> and then you go to Dol Guldur, and the the ring, uh, the captain of the ring wraiths is about to fuck off to Mordor with Frodo because there's a whole thing where they capture Frodo. Okay, it just isn't in in the books at all. Yeah, but fuck it. Um, and basically, unless you can get the eagles to swarm the top of the tower. Then he's going to escape with the ring bearer and your fight. So I got to the top of the tower. I'm like, right at the end of the game, it's like, right, okay, we just need to fight this guy. And I'm like, attack. No, one attack. He's going to escape if you don't hurry up and do something. Like, okay, I'm going through every single word of power that everyone in my team has. Nope, none of those are going to do it. Oh, well, everyone, that's the end of our run. Did did you have fun, at least? Um, it was it was a nice nostalgia trip to go through. <laughs> I kind of want to, like, play it properly. Yeah. Because for the stream, I was just like, okay, I'm going to run around and try and sort of speed run it a bit. Yeah. Like, if it wasn't so crashy, like, I might go to the effort of trying to, like, rip the my CD copy. Yeah. So that I can play that, because I don't have a CD drive on my current PC. <laughs> Uh, I don't even know where I would put one. Um, so yeah, I might try and like make a, an image of that so that I can run that in DOSBox. Because I've got all the original software. Well, I mean, the old computer down in the living room has a disk drive. We can get the disk yeah, info. I don't know how you make an ISO, but I'm sure I can work it out. It's not too hard to if do. If I Google it, it'll probably take about five minutes. But yeah, yeah. like... I'm, I might try playing that again. Like, I realise there are other glitches in that version. Yeah. But, like, it might be nice to just... If I've got a week at some point, I'll just sit down and, like, play through that properly and investigate things that I haven't done since I was that, probably about 12. That sounds lovely. Yeah. Uh, you played anything else? Um... We played some more Flashpoint Fire Rescue. Oh, we did. We played with some friends over Skype. Yeah. That is another game that could be played over Skype relatively well. Yeah. If if someone else wants to roll their own dice, you can roll them for them, but make them feel a bit me included. Yeah. Um, yeah, we we taught and played Flashpoint Fire Rescue, uh, the game of putting out fires and rescuing people from a house. And we got nine out of ten people out, okay? We, we just had one flash fire that sort of went a bit awry. Yeah, just a little bit incinerated. We, we The house was looking a bit rickety by the end. We had very little structure, structural integrity left. Uh, we had six cubes left that could have been used to damage the house. Yeah, one bad fire would have lost us that. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. But we did it! Yeah, we did great. We had lots of fun. We, we saved most of the people and... Ooh. 
Yeah, if we'd been playing Ember, we'd have got a good score for that. <laughs> the game scales nicely with number of people, because while we had twice as many people and therefore could be in twice as many places, the fire had twice as many turns to spread before it would come back round. Yeah, like we had a full person. set of um, flashpoints yeah. going on like way early in the game. Yeah, that's the thing. I was worried it would make it trivially easy to have four people, but because you've got to wait so long for your turn to come back around, it, like, you know, anything it could happen to me. Yeah, the difficulty balances out. Mm-hmm. Like at that point, it is way more dangerous to be like, okay, yeah, I will wait next to the fire. Yeah. For my turn. A lot more fire's going to happen before you get a chance to act on that. Mm-hmm. And unless someone else is very close to you, you're probably not going to get saved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was that was really good fun. We also played uh, Mysterium. Yep. Um, I was the ghost again, and I just shared all the images via WhatsApp. Indeed. Again, a game that works well over Skype in yeah. these distanced times. Yeah. Um, once again, that game is really fun. In in so much as when you finish, there's that urge to go, okay, so what did we misunderstand? <laughs> yeah, it's fun to have like a, a, a real decompress with that one and be like, yeah. okay, what what were you going at with this? And yeah. like as the ghost going, yeah, so many times you almost had the right idea and then second guessed yourself out of it. Yeah. <laughs> or no, I can totally see how you got that. This is what I was going for. But yeah, no, you were, it makes sense that you wouldn't go for the thing I was trying to get you to go for. Mm-hmm. This thing was a box made of this colour and that colour, which are the primary colours of that item. Yeah. Which is box-shaped. There are so many ways to interpret these cards. Yep, and that's the thing. You never really know how someone is going to interpret yeah. that. Uh, yeah, that's that, that's a good fun one. Yeah. And still not feeling any great need to get the expansions for it, because expansions are just extra dream cards, basically. Yeah. Uh, we also played some Jackbox 7. We did, we played a little bit of Jackbox 7. Which has a bunch of games in it that I'm pulling up now because I don't remember what the names of them are. Cause we they played all most names. of those games. Um, so there's Talking Points, which I really like. It's, that was good fun. Uh, you've got to give like a fake TED talk on a topic that someone else will have written and... Given you someone else prompts you with slides. Yeah, there'll be someone, uh, another player who's just putting silly images up behind you that you then have to try and incorporate into your talk. That's the kind of game that I really like, where it's like, okay, we're putting you under pressure. Come up with some nonsense. Mm-hmm. You can, you can, you can say something intelligent sounding about this, right? Yeah, I like the uh, the stand-up improv ones. I like the um, the inventions one from. Yes, Paul. yes, uh, patently stupid. Yes. Um, yeah, I like the ones where you have to explain your reasoning and present it and sort of have a whole spiel. Yeah, because I find with those ones that it doesn't matter so much about my drawings as long as I can bullshit it in the talking section. Exactly. Um, There's also um, Blather Round, which is the one where you're trying to get people to guess a thing with your shit descriptions. I find that really fun. Um, Yeah, once we got the hang of it. Yeah. So the the idea is you'll have something like um, the movie Free Willy, for example, and you're given limited descriptors with which to try and describe it. Um, One thing that's very useful is everyone's guesses that they make that are incorrect, you can then use to be like, it's nothing like this, it's similar to this, Mm -hmm. to try and get them on the right track. Um, and try and get people to guess that specific thing you're going for. That's another one that even if the group fails, there's still that really nice decompress afterwards Mm. of, 
Okay, what was the answer? Oh my god, I can totally see what you were going for. Yes. It's it's really interesting to sort of trace back, like, oh, I can see the clue that sent us on the wrong angle. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I like that one. Do you want to talk about some of the other ones we uh, did? We played Devils in the Details. Yeah. Which is alright. Like, the games themselves are quite, quite good. Like, quite interesting. The fact that there is... Um, there, there is like a whole thing to just be naughty on your own and be selfish. Yeah. And like two out of the three games we played, we lost because like too many people have been selfish or too much selfishness yeah. had occurred. I... So it's like there's not enough. Like there, there. Were, I don't think people were paying enough attention to. Here's what we need as a party yeah. to keep moving forward. You, yeah. And instead, going, oh, I saw an excuse to be naughty, so I'll just do that. Yeah. I was it's like, okay, well, now nobody's won. Yeah. So I've played this with another group of people and we yes. had more success with it. It's oh. the, the, there's a time and a place to go for that naughty score increase. Like early in the game where like, you know, it's, there's still a lot of time to catch up. Yeah. Um, Once you've already made it over the line and you're like, okay, we have succeeded. We can afford to you know, the score go down a little bit and still be fine. Um, yeah, but that's fine as long as like you don't get multiple people yeah. doing it, which is what we had in that last game. It's like, oh, we're, we're well over the line. Yes. And then I think two or three of you went for, it, let's it was, do something selfish, it was, I believe, and me going, I'm going to clean the bed. I believe it was both of our friends, because I was there shouting like, hey, hey, you're both being naughty, and we're going to lose if you do that. Can you? Because that's the thing, is when you're like seconds away from the end, you have to go, you need the group to go, look. I need to not do this because we need to get over that line. Yes. Um, so you need the right group to play it with. But like, I, I enjoy its silly mix of um, do silly mini games on your phone and everyone shouting at each other trying to share information. Yeah, it's like a cross between, is it Space Quest and WarioWare? Yeah, you're doing WarioWare mini games, but like sometimes the other person will have the information. So like, you might have one pair of people where it's like, well, I'm driving the car and I've got the map, so I'm telling you where to go. And then a second pair of people in the room is trying to describe like, a shape of pasta that we need and trying to find it in a pile. And you've got two conversations happening. I think so. Yeah. The the, base game is like, how big is your group? Yeah. Yeah. That that sort of thing of like, just communicating, like, I have some information, I will pass it to you if you can do this action. Yeah. We will score points. It's it's an interesting one. It's the least, uh, I've I've played it on stream and it's the least streamable because there's very little for the audience to see because so much of... The interactions is just happening on your phone, yeah. but um, I think that would work really interestingly with people all in the same room. I feel mm. like Skype lag didn't help on that one. No. Um, uh, there's also a new Quiplash. Yeah, there's a new we Quiplash. Didn't uh, we didn't try it. I've tried it. It's it's more Quiplash. Um, and then there's Champed Up, which is the sort of uh, fighters Draw some one. fighters based yeah. on a prompt, and then your opponent has to draw a better version of your fighter without the prompt. Yeah, and then they, they fight and everyone votes for their, their favourites. Yes. Um, what what was my caveman that you immediately um, replaced with caveman yug, with a big yug, penis? Yugmore. Yugmore. Yeah. My caveman Yugmore. It was, it was champion of the cave. Champion of the cave. He did Yugmore, a uh, uh, caveman with a club. Yeah. And I did big penis Yugmore. <laughs> Very tall, very big penis, like to his uh, ankles. And then round two was champion of ancestors, and I was like, well, of course it's big penis, Yugmore. <laughs> Ancestor to all. Just there, uh, it was fucking everywhere. <laughs> Jackbox Seven is good. It's got some good stuff in it. Yeah, it's alright. I, I think more than perhaps some of the other Jackboxes, I don't think there's a bad game in this one. 
There's no game in this one that I would go, that's the one that I'm never going to play. No, what was the one in, was it 5 with the, oh, the, with the springboard thing? Yeah, the, where it's it's not like a silly fun game, you're trying to spring a ball around with like the yeah. touchscreen controls. Yeah, that was... That was not good. Yeah. This, this has gotten past the curse, <laughs> there is no game in here I would consider the bad one. Is it going to be like Star Trek movies? Like every odd number Star Trek movie? <laughs> Who knows? Oh. Uh, I think that's everything we've played There's this one week. other thing. <gasps> what have you played? We finished Pandemic Legacy oh, Season shit. 0. Oh yeah we did. We did. <laughs> we did, yeah that we did. Um... I'll, I'll, mm. for, for, the, for the people who were worried that the game would be uncritically praising of the CIA, just don't worry about it. Just don't worry. Um, yeah. To the, although in equal parts, to the people who were like, yeah, but are we are we going to get to hear what the, the Soviet side of things was? Not really. No. The, the Soviets are largely a... They they have a plan. It's no more horrific than than the CIA's plan. Yeah. But you're not working on that, so you don't really hear as yeah. much about it beyond here is a little bit of intelligence that you're drip fed. Yeah, and they do a lot to be like, here is a bad thing being done, but here is how also this other side is also doing it. It's like there is there are no there are no innocent parties in no, the Cold War. There certainly aren't. Um, <laughs> like they're both as bad as each other, but obviously. It feels like the CIA are much more fleshed out. Yeah, but but I mean that's they are, they are definitely yeah. shown to be n- not s- n- not good people. They yeah. are everything you think the CIA yeah. is. Also, this one doesn't have the terrible, horrible, scratchy off material from oh, Pandemic yes. Season Two. Firstly, there's uh, very little scratchy of any kind. Yes, and the scratchy that there is is is, is small and very manageable. Yeah. Um. I very much enjoyed the ending. Mm-hmm. I I liked that I felt like I had agency in yeah. how it played out. That it wasn't just sort of unfolding in front of me. Yeah, yeah. Like, it felt like there were choices to be made that actually mattered. Yeah, that had a noticeable consequence on this is going to drastically change how your last couple of months of the game play. Yeah, and that includes, like, after we finished the game, we sat down and read through all the uh, reading material. Yeah. Uh, like cover to cover and like we read the rest of the operations deck that hadn't been touched like oh okay there's like a bunch of stuff yeah there's a bunch of stuff we didn't come across there really was yeah um and i've like of of all the pandemic legacies so far this is the one where i've gone you know i'm going to keep most of these components because i yeah. think we could manage manage a very passable game of yeah. Do you want to play a bit more we've of not that wrecked, thing? We've not wrecked the board to a point where we couldn't play just a game of Pandemic Legacy. Like, we haven't lost any of the player deck. We yeah. haven't lost any of the um, uh, the threat deck. Yeah. Like, there's some extra cards in that threat deck. Yeah. For reasons that we can't t- tell you about. Um, but, like, nothing feels fundamentally unplayable. Now, maybe if we'd had a much worse time. Yeah, Like, yeah. if we'd opened, you know, the, the door of you're doing really badly and have done for months. Yeah. Ha- here, have some help. Yeah, it, it's really interesting. Considering this one is a prequel, I expected it to have the least scope for um, variance in its ending, mm. because it has to lead into blank. <clears throat> um, but... 
Surprisingly, it had, I think, more variance in how it ended than either of the previous ones. Oh, definitely. And, like, the fact that, like, having read through all those endings is like, okay, so there's the ending we got, which was like, oh, shit, didn't see that coming. There was, yeah. like, uh, at one ending where it was like, oh, my God, that is literally how this thing happens yeah. from other games. Like, oh, shit, that's really cool. And then there was just, like, and, like a few other endings, maybe not as, like, as huge reveals as that, but still, like... That's a, that's, that's yeah. a cool ending that we've had. Or that's a horrible, tragic ending and everything was bad. They managed to do the thing that um, at the very least season two did of like that last minute. Oh shit, that's what that's, that's what's happening. Thing. It's, it, it has one of those and I think it pulled it off really well. Yeah, and I definitely think the order to play them is is one two zero. Oh god, yeah. Because there are, like, you could play zero standalone. Yeah. But I think it would spoil aspects of, of 1 and 2. Yes. Because there are aspects in there it, that reference those. Yeah, it will tell you things that are like, oh, if I play season 1 now, I'll know like how this is going to play out because of what I learned in 0. Yeah, I think 2 is probably the one that is least harmed by it. Yeah. Because there's the fundamental gameplay difference. Like yeah. Overall, like the fact that you're like revealing the map as you explore. Yes. The, there, there'll be a, a time when you go, oh shit, it's that location. I I would say season zero's finale, uh, or like a lot of its third act, mm-hmm. very much spoils the mic drop moment for season two. That's sort of like, oh shit, that's what's happened. Yeah, like, I suppose you would be that. robbed of that. Uh, like, there are, defi- there are definitely things I think you would lose by playing this before two. I, I think one, two, zero is the way to go. 100%. Like, if yeah. you have the opportunity to play them at all, definitely start with the first one. Uh, the second one is a great mechanical spin on yeah. the, the concept and still very much feeling like a pandemic yeah. game. And then you've got um, season zero, which is um, potentially a little bit dodgy. Like, it might have felt like going in like it was going to be a bit dodgy subject matter-wise. But I think it does it all right. I I think it does a good job at not being what I feared it would be. Yes, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. It 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 gives you room to be like, ah, I'm not so sure about this. And as we said at the time, like for all the arguments you can make about the fact that it's a game that you're destroying and you can't go back to and play again, I have had more expensive experiences. Oh god, yeah. That have lasted less time and will yeah. probably have me talking about them. Far less times. Yeah, I probably spent more on MCR tickets for like two concerts that'll be a couple of hours each than. Ah, uh, but you'll be talking the... about them for ages. Yeah, but, that, but you know what I mean. The, then here we've had like four months worth of weekends yeah. spent on this. I think I think it was the maths two two months worth just over. Uh, yeah. Two. No, no, no. I meant across all the pandemic legacies. I think oh, it, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Across, across it added them. up to about four months worth of weekends that yeah, we've spent on it throughout the pandemic. And yeah. Although this one, this zero is the first time we've ever gone. No, we're gonna play just two episodes per weekend. <laughs> well, I think part of it helped that two months. busy weekends. Yeah. So, but yeah, we we we. We were good with this one. We were good with this one because season one we got to I think October and then went. You just want to finish the last just two. Do all four in one go. <laughs> and then uh, season two was like, do you want to do the last four all in one go? <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Let's go. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I um, I very much think Pandemic Legacy, the whole trilogy of games, 
might be the most fun I've ever had with a board game. It's probably the board game experience I will remember the most mm. for the longest time. It's it's well worth playing. Mm. Can't recommend it highly enough. Indeed. And that then <gasps> is all the things you played. Well then, time for this. Can you use a hug? Yeah. Are you worried about COVID-19? Do you want to stay safe, far away from people and their plague? Yeah, but I still want the feeling of a hug. Try new Hug Tablet. It's got all the oxytocin, warmth and love of a hug in a pill form. Please consult your physician if your hug lasts more than 12 hours. Is it just drugs? (laughs) Not legally allowed to say yes to that. Right, everyone, everyone, I've called this meeting as we have a bit of a problem right. that's been arising. So you know how previously, when we were completely overworked and uh, did not have time to get parcels delivered, we'd just, you know, do the old, oh, sorry you weren't in, or... Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. As you might have noticed, can't really get away with that right now, can we? I mean, we've, we've got some ideas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I found that, you know how you get, like, cloves and stuff from, like, clove shops, like, online clove shops, yeah. like, like, Berry or ASOS or whatever? Yeah. And they put them in those bags, yeah? Yeah. So what I've done is I've invested in a t-shirt cannon. Oh, nice, right? nice. So I just sort of drive up, just ba-dumpf, at their yeah. front door. Sometimes it cracks, you know, the, the Porsche, Porsche windows on it. But, uh, you know, only the out paint, probably. You know, I could, yeah. you know, cracked through that. You know, I've launched a few knickers at some front doors. Oh. Oh. Uh, underwire through a window yeah. once. I mean, that's the other thing. Like, you weren't home. <laughs> ah, but your window was open. Ah, see, I've I've started going with, uh, you know, you don't worry, it was, wasn't home. Go, uh, road was blocked. You know? Oh, yeah, no gonna... everyone's doing road works right exactly. now. Exactly. No one's going no to check up on yeah, that. There might be yeah, a road yeah, closure. Yeah. Couldn't find a dress. Couldn't find you. Couldn't find uh, you. You just say... Uh, left with neighbour. Don't specify which, uh, which that will give you till tomorrow to get it to them. Well, I mean, you know, they'll spend with, the night. Left you with neighbour. Um, you know, it could be anyone. You know, yeah, exactly. Love thy neighbour, as Jesus said. That was that's just people of the world. So you know, exactly. I left it where I found it. I left it in my van, as I, your neighbour, neighbour of the world. Uh, you left it with me for Love tomorrow. Love thy neighbour. This is a gift for me now. Yeah, oh, exactly. Nice. Yeah. I think other than that, yeah. I do have one other idea of how we can deal with this whole parcels we don't oh, have time no. to deliver yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. We could unionise and complain to the bosses that they're not giving us enough time to deliver shit. Nah, 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 nah. Like, we don't unionise, we don't strike, right? Well, like, you see all these all these socialist lot, they go out, they unionise, they strike and whatever, and, you know, just because they want fairer pay or whatever, well, my pay hasn't gone up, you don't see me fucking going on the strike about it. I mean, I would like my pay to go up. I would like my pay to go up. Maybe we should strike about it. You ain't have to, you ain't have to be... I mean, we are in the primary gifting period. It's perfect time for us to have an effect if we strike. Yeah, we will probably upset a lot of people. About as much as we upset them when we don't deliver their gifts. So, <sighs> what have you put in your eye meets? You oh, watching places? Um, you look seasoned. We watched through all of the first season of the Animaniacs reboot. It was time for Animaniacs, and they were zany to the max. They were zany to the max. Uh, what did what did you what did you make of the Animaniacs? Um. It's like some episodes of that are so old school cartoon. It's like, oh my god, that is that is cartoon trope up the wazoo, like old Looney Tune stuff. Yeah, um, and that's all right in a kind of like, ha, ha, they're doing the thing kind of way, yeah. because it's Animaniacs and it feels like 
that's just how they do. Yeah. Um, some of the language choices feels a bit dated by now. Yeah. Because they love describing things as crazy or insane. Yes. It's but the thing the thing is is I I don't know how you do a reboot of this without like how how would you change the intro tune in a way that would like not scare away the people looking for the nostalgia hit? Like, oh, I'm not denying it. Like no. I, I think if you're if you're gonna bring back Animaniacs, that is always going to yeah. be a problem. It's, it's a problem you're always gonna have to cross, and yeah, it's a thing to be aware of here. Yeah, but I think for the most part. It was really enjoyable. It, it was, was enjoyable. I certainly yeah. laughed a few times, which is not yeah. always the thing. It was it was a good silly time. I enjoyed some of the musical numbers particularly. Yeah, nothing quite as memorable as as the classic stuff. But we've had years for that shit to sink in. So yeah, that, that maybe on a few repeat lessons. Yeah, there there are some good things in there. There's there's one that's that I remember a lot that I think is dot trying to do a song about all of the presidents, uh, the, all of the first ladies of the presidents. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I'm going to do them all in two minutes, and then realises she doesn't have enough time, and it gets more and more frantic <laughs> as it goes. Like, that one was great, for example. Mm-hmm. There's, there's some good stuff in there. Yeah. Um, they, they definitely waited until a good chunk of the way in before they started trying to introduce new characters and new skit, uh, skit ideas. Um, which, like, I, I get what they're doing there. It's... Get people in with what's familiar before you mm-hmm. try anything new. Yeah. Fucking anime scene. The anime scene was incredible. The Russian thing was that sort of like last or the last uh, one right episode? near the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. There are some like good memorable moments yeah. in this that 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 I can point out and go. That was a really good bit you did. That was like either very well animated or just very silly. Yeah, or just just there's a few bits that are quite well written. It it was it was a good enjoyable. It's not worth a Hulu subscription. <laughs> oh God, no. Um, but it was a good enjoyable thing to have on in the background while signing books. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it it's not without its problems, and it's it's slightly iffy bits of content here and there. But like it it was a fun silly time. Oh, I will give it this credit. The original plan was that you were going to sign books, I was going to play video games, yeah. and it was going to be on in the background. And I couldn't focus on video games enough, because I kept having to look up and go, sorry, what's happening? <laughs> um, it, which is unusual for me, who can't pay attention to fucking anything. Yeah, it, it was drawing your attention, which yes. is good. Yes, well done. Yeah, um, I feel like I had another thought about it, and it's it's gone now. Away it goes. <laughs> Goodbye. Uh, what else have we watched this week? Uh, we watched Battlestar Galactica season two. Yeah, we finished season two <laughs> and watched the mini webisode. What's the webisode uh, thing called? The Resistance. The Resistance. The Resistance really feels like it should have just been an episode at the end of season two or start of season three. I only had twenty seven minutes. I I know, but it feels like very important content. Um. So yeah, shit goes down at the end of season shit two, does go huh? Down. Huh? Yeah, that show, I just, I thought I just about had a handle on what was going on. What if they all live in a gravel quarry now? What if they all live in a gravel quarry now, I guess? Um, Well, that's the thing, is, without getting too spoilery, there's the whole situation with Galen and the woman that he can see and no one else can. Gaius. Um, 
Ah, did I say Galen? Uh, Gaius, Gaius Boltar and his woman in his head that only he can see. Mm-hmm. And then we got that whole end of season two thing about like, oh, maybe that situation happens this way around as well. What's going on over there? What? Um, and the the dramatics around the presidency and the choices made at the very end of the season, like fucking. <clears throat> Sorry, I just, I, I, I suddenly, while we were having that conversation about Battlestar Galactica, got the seven, eight, nine joke stuck in my head. But what if it was Cylon models? <laughs> sure. Sorry. Um. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they waited just long enough for me to feel like oh, I, feel, I feel like I've got a handle on this. Handle like, on this. You got no, new jokes. We're gonna, we're gonna shake up the whole fucking snow globe oh, for a second. Oh, it's gonna get so much worse. I'm fascinated, and all all I want to do is binge watch this and Age of Calamity. That's all I want my life to be. Can I just like put all obligations aside and binge this and Age of Calamity? We've got a week off coming up at the end of the month. Uh, we, can, we can probably get through the rest of it by then. I I need these two things just hooked into my veins. Just IV Battlestar and Age exactly. of Calamity. Uh, have you watched anything else? Um, I don't believe I have. It's not been a watched-heavy week because of all the book doings. All book doings. We watched some Spiders, man. Oh, we did. We watched the the Spider-Verse's Spider-Man and the Tom Holland-y Spider-Man. Yeah, we watched Far From Home, which I hadn't seen. Yeah. It's a good one, that. Yeah, it's a good, silly film. It's got some good goofs. I I think I prefer the Tom Holland Batman of all the live-action Batmans. Uh, uh, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yes, oh, the Spider-Man. Sorry. <laughs> you know what I meant. I know what you meant. Mwah. Um, yeah, he's Arachnid fellow. I think he is my favorite live action Spider-Man. Yes. He's he's got that balance of uh, He feels ner- young enough to be Spider-Man. Yeah. He's he's got nervous nerd but also amusing and likable mm-hmm. down very well. Yes. Um I think that this film did a really good job of being consistent with its sort of um, with its comedy pacing. Yeah, it's consistently yeah. amusing. I like Mysterio a lot as a villain. Mysterio is good. I very much enjoyed the scene where Mysterio was wearing an actual ILM uh, mocap suit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really like some of the. I I really like the implications of the post credit scene, and I I'm super curious to see what they do with that. Mysterio. Yeah. Um. And I, I really like this interpretation of MJ. Mm. It's a really good MJ. Yes. Uh, Strong, independent, a little bit nihilistic. Yeah. I An MJ for the millennial generation. I, I very much enjoy Tom Holland. Tom Holland is a very good actor. Tom Holland is a good actor and Tom Holland, Holland is fun and seems yeah. alright. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Far From Home. Good silly film. Spider Verse still fucking amazing. Oh god, yeah. We watched we watched through that again, and it continues to be a gorgeous film. It's so pretty. Watched it on our shiny four K HDR telly, doing all its fancy visuals. Yeah, ah, uh, it's good visuals. It's got a good soundtrack. Um, my favorite interpretations of a lot of its characters. Favorite favorite Doc Ock. Favorite mm. Aunt May. Um. Science lesbian. Yeah, science lesbian. Um, that whole scene where he jumps off the roof and uh, what's up, danger? Yeah. yeah, what's up, danger? Is still fucking cinematically phenomenal. Oh, yeah. And there's so many cool little visual tricks they do with that film. Yeah, storytelling through the way that they move characters through scenes. Yep. Uh, they do a good job. Yeah. 
Bagel. <laughs> uh, like we've probably talked about this when we talked about Spider Verse the first time round, but that whole um, the way that Miles Morales is animated the first time he's swinging, where he starts at a lower frame rate and gets a smoother frame rate as he gets better at swinging. To be fair, I don't think I knew that at the time. I only know yeah. it from watching, I think, a Corridor Crew episode. Oh, there's so many nice little tricks like that. Mm-hmm. Such a good film. Yeah. You, you watch anything else this week? Uh, I think that's, uh, uh, no, I think that's pretty, pretty much everything I have watched. We just binged all the Battlestar. It was, uh, I mean, we watched was... a full season of Battlestar and two feature-length movies, which is unusual for even for us. And a full season of Animaniacs. We... Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 We well, watched a lot. We did watch a lot. Well then. It's time for this. Laura, Laura, we've got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? Well, do you like Minecraft? I... Uh, yeah, I've had like fun with voxel-based exploration. I have had fun with Minecraft and voxel-based exploration in the past. Would you like to get as far away from anything not related as possible? Sure, why not? What about Minecraft 2? Oh! Yep. Oh, oh is that 2? a thing? Yep. I haven't heard about it on any of the definitely gaming not clickbait. sites. Oh, definitely not clickbait. Definitely not clickbait. Oh, okay, so Minecraft 2. Minecraft 2, say. link in the description. Minecraft 2. Minecraft 2, link in the description. Not not clickbait. Not clickbait. Not even and little clickbait. Mm. I mean, I, I, I'm just Googling Minecraft 2 on my phone Minecraft and I'm not 2. seeing any news stories about it. Minecraft 2. Like, that that link also does not look like it's going to an official Microsoft web page. There's a lot of letters and numbers. It looks like a Twitter user's got in there. Yeah, yeah, that's... Looks like they've just jammed the names of seven or eight Twitter users together. Ah, hmm. Epsilon 64728413.co.uk But it does say that it's not clickbait. Not clickbait. It says right there in the copy. Yeah. And they paid us in Amazon vouchers. Okay, so I click the link and my oh. phone's on fire. Oh dear. Oh, oh no. I'll um, get the extinguisher. Get... <laughs> okay, your arm's all wet. Sorry about that. That's all right. Minecraft 2, not clickbait. Link in the video description. Portion may cause phone fire. May cause phone fire. Probably, probably don't go there. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend that. Link in the description. Definitely not clickbait. Enter the code QNPS145. It's definitely a coincidence that my phone caught fire. Probably, it's a very old phone. Yeah. Inside the boardroom of Electronic Actor Softworks. Hi. Hi. How's a business dream near? It's, uh, it's real good. It's real good. We are, have entered the primary gifting period. Ah, uh, the money. Our sales the... of everything are going up. Oh, My the scalping go... business. Exactly. Oh. All the numbers go up, except for the people we have employed at our studio, which go down. Oh, so far down. We don't have to pay any Christmas bonuses. Exactly. Ah, oh, goodness. So I've got a new, I've got a new idea for how we can yeah. make uh, more money. Yeah. So the expensive part of making video games is making content. Yeah. We want the game to be as long as possible while making as little content as possible. Yeah. So. We've previously, you know, there are there are ways to get around that. You know, you make you make a game that's really hard, so everyone has to play it over and over, so they can't get through it and whatnot. You know, all the old coin guzzlers. People I love have, guzzling coins. Well, exactly. But people have wised on to that. They don't like, you know, having their time wasted. So I think I've got a new way that we can waste their time, but like they can't complain about it. Yeah. So here it is. Here it is. We make an in-universe explanation for why a bunch of uh, 
enemies have to respawn and objectives have to sort of uncomplete. Right, right. So, like, we make it part of the universe. Like, uh, there's a there's a, a blood sun that rises every... every sun, yeah. Once, once a month, the blood sun rises. Yeah. And, uh, the, An in-game month, though, right? So that's, like, every 20 minutes. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, yeah. that objective you just spent 25 minutes doing. Oh, no, the blood sun came up and it uh, it's, it's gamma radiation brought all the enemies back to life. I mean, but, it worked for early Marvel. Exactly, exactly. So, like, you know, that makes some bullshit about how, like, the energy of the Blood Sun, uh, you know, empowers them or something. Yeah. We can just make them replay content, and then they can't complain, because... There's it's, new re- re- in Yeah, in-game logic. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the sun's radiation, you can't... can't that's science. You it can't, is logically consistent. You cannot argue with in-game universe science. No. And if you try, you will die. Yeah, so I'm thinking, like, if we do this, like, you know, once every couple of hours, we can squeeze, like, a good few extra hours of game out without having to actually make more game. Okay, but I, I need to know the really important thing here. Yeah. I'm gonna get to flog someone while this happens, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Soul, fucking soul, you are a fucking genius. I know. So, <gasps> what have your earmates received in the vibrational waves of the cosmos? Not a lot. Because, again, I can't process new sounds because brain doings. Um, but I did listen to one new song that I can talk about. I listened to a track called Sex Hair uh, by a band called Bedroom Slash Boredom. Um, it's a very fast-paced rock track. It's sort of driven by this um, doubled-up, open-and-closed hi-hat beat. Um couple of horns thrown in in places. It's not, you know, so many horns that it would fall into the sort of scar territory, but, like, a little horn here and there. Um, uh, the vocal line feels very much like something like uh, a band like Kings of Leon. If it was a bit more unpolished, had a little bit more f- a vocal fry. Um, yeah, it was a good little track. And uh, is the only new thing I listened to this week. Otherwise... I continued listening to The Empty Bowl and having serial podcast go in my brain because I'd have to soothing. focus on that. So oh, I did listen to one other thing. Yeah. Uh, the new Death Blart, uh, mm. Till Death Do Us Blart, the podcast where the McElroys and the hosts of The Worst Idea of All Time once a year from now until the end of time watch Paul Blart more Cop 2 once a year and talk about it. Uh, this year it was a commentary track, so I watched Paul Blart 2 uh, while listening to their commentary. Um, my new fascination is a background actor who I am certain the actor is on cocaine because he cannot stand still and his eyes are fucking following everything incredibly fast. Don't do it, kids. It's not worth it. It it looks like he's just like, oh my god, oh, I'm nervous about being in my scene. I'm nervous about being in my scene. Just a little... <gasps> very oh, significant. I'm, ready. I'm ready for the scene. Yeah, a little bit of that. I'm fascinated by this extra now. He's wonderful. Don't do cocaine. Don't. Cocaine is not a good one. It's not, it's not one of the good ones. What about you? What have you listened to this I week? I listened to some new Gav music. <gasps> oh, the miracle of sound. The right play of sound. Um, I listened to Valhalla Calling and uh, Beyond These Walls. Oh. Some, some good new Rocky stuff from, from, from that, that good boy Gav. Gav's a good lad. He's a good good lad. Um, Yeah, it's been nice to sort of hear... Bit of Gav again. Uh, Gav is very good at music, and I think the new yeah. studio is definitely working out for him. Hooray! Um, so that's been nice, yeah. Uh, apart from that, I listened to the uh, mid-season 
the second mid-season finale for the Magnus Archives. Um, I need to catch up on that still. So the final season has been breaking up, broken up into three parts because of COVID. Uh, just to make sure that everyone can, you know, stay safe and, and, and whatever f- with recording and stuff. Mm. Because obviously any time they want to get a guest in, it's not a case of come down the studio or even we'll ship you a mic. Mm. And even if it is a case of we'll ship you a mic, it's like we have to get it back from the last person. We have to sanitise it and send it off to someone else. Mm. Um, so guest spots have been more difficult than previously. Um, and then obviously there's just like all the pressure of writing it and trying to come up with stuff in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah, g- trying to walk the line of the correct level of bleak in a very bleak time. Well, the other thing is, like, I've been really struggling to write comedy or anything, really, during this, because I've not had any experiences. Mm. I've not been, like, out and about in the world and experiencing things, like, yeah. naturally. So it's been a case of, well, what what few things have come to me, I'm going to try and squeeze something out of that and hope for the best. Yeah, yeah, very much so. It's it's been a weird time to create anything. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Trying to write a book of just like positive, lovely, nice stories, which we really need right now. Yeah. <laughs> but trying to write that during the pandemic mm. was a weird experience. Yeah. It was very odd being like, Come how on, brain upbeat, how <laughs> upbeat and happy is appropriate right now, and how much will be appropriate a year from now? I don't know. Yeah. Ah, mm. uh, it's. It's a weird time to create things. It's a weird time to create things. Yeah. Well then. Is that, is that everything? Have, have you done anything else? No, that's, that's everything for me. Well then again. <gasps> time for this. Doctor, Doctor, I'm struggling to write funny skits in a world that feels like it's falling apart and is sliding further and further towards fascism. I have the perfect remedy for your ailments. I think what you need to do you need to go online and listen to the podcast Queer on the Pleasant Strangers. It's very funny. They will make you laugh. But Doctor, I'm on Queer and Pleasant Strangers. Hello, are you ready for the word to change over now? I'm ready, I'm ready to okay, help. Okay, Doctor Stepplebottom, we have a patient in bed six and they, they have got a boo-boo on their nose. <gasps> oh no, okay, we'll put a baby plaster on it. Baby plaster, and do you think anything else will, will help with that? Uh, big kiss on the forehead. Big kiss on the forehead. There you go. You are all better. All better. Yay. Cured. I do a big kick. Oh, yay. And you get a gold star. Meh. Yay. Gold star. Okay. And then we have the next patient. Oh, they have, they have fallen over. <gasps> and also their human has also broken their leg. So they have, they have to have their cast taken off too. The, okay. the human doctors are taking off the, the human leg cast, but we need to take the stuffy leg cast off. Oh, okay. Okay. So we just slide it off here because this one just slides off because the stuffy's got a soft leg. Yes. And then... Yeah, we did it! And then you got a lollipop. Oh, yay! There you go. And, and would you like a kettle? Okay, kettle. Yeah. And uh, what, you've cured another one? So you got another gold star. Oh, uh, yeah. And you get a gold star too because you helped. Uh, and, and then another one because you helped with the last and one. And I helped too, yay! Okay, and then the next one. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Puffle Bear. <gasps> Puffle Bear has lost a leg. Oh, but, no. Well, not lost a leg. The leg is here. Oh, no. And there is some stuffy stuffing out. Oh, no. It's, it's a bit graphic, so I'm a bit of a... Eyes oh, if no. you don't like the look at stuffing. Oh, no. What, what do you think, Doctor, we can do? I think we could... I think it could be so back on properly. Okay, we just start on... Uh, this is stuffy uh, where we fix boo-boos with needles and thread and cuddles and kisses. And um, you get a gold star. And you get a gold star. Yay! 
Question time, self questions. What's the questions? Uh, Matthew Hudson of the uh, Retro Odyssey podcast. You should listen to that. It's very Ooh. good. If you like listening to people talk about retro gaming and such. Uh, they go for free plug. That wasn't even there. Um, I finished playing Final Fantasy X last week and it's quickly become my favourite single player Final Fantasy of the three I've played. 1, 10 and 13. Have you played through any and which is your favourite? I've played through a lot of the single player Final Fantasies. Um, I have a really big soft spot for 15. It's just four idiot boys on a road trip and they're lovable doofuses. And I very much enjoy this sort of just meandering, meandering journey they all take. It, it feels really lovely. If I'm right about the timing, I think that's what I was watching while I was uh, recovering from lower surgery. I think I timing wise that would make sense. Out. Yeah. I I really like 15. It's just, it's just some boys bumbling about the country trying to save the world if they can, maybe. What if they were in a rock band? Yeah. And what if what if one of them had to look after the other others because they were a bunch of goofuses? Exactly. I I love them. Like Final Fantasy VII remake is great. It's wonderful. I want to know where the rest of that goes before I you know rank it anywhere mm. with the rest of that. But um, like it is a fantastically put together experience. That it was a great time we had playing it. Older ones, I've got a big soft spot for six. Final Fantasy VI is the... the one with the mech? It's the one with the mechs. It's the last one they did before they went 3D, and I really like six. It's a bit slow to start, but once it gets going, it's got a really interesting I've story. I've a decent chunk of six, but yeah. I've never finished it. Like that's, that's the problem with emulators. You are too overburdened with games. Yeah. And it's very difficult to just go, this one's getting a bit difficult, I'm going to stop. Yeah. So I'd say, like, six... Seven remake and fifteen. Um, hmm. are the ones that jump to mind. Seven, eight, and nine were like the ones, that, like, yeah, that got me playing. I didn't really enjoy ten. Like I, I think it was just just the difference from from ten the previous is three. Titus. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> ha, 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 ha. I remember playing hours of Blitzball. Yeah, everyone like, does. <laughs> like, fuck playing the main game. I just want to see how my Blitzball league goes on. Like, yeah, but what if you could get new players? Don't care. I just want to play this, this is my life now. I play Blitzball. <laughs> um, I had a lot of fun playing Blitzball for someone who fucking hates sports. <laughs> like, that was, like, a lot of fun. A lot of it felt, felt like heavy R&D, but yeah, I wasn't a big fan of that. I think in order of my favourites, probably 9, 8, 7, 6, 12, 10. I played, oh, I, I played almost all the way through 12. I got to that point in Final Fantasy where yeah. it's like, ah, I have to grind before the boss. <laughs> and couldn't be fucked. Because I'd played through most, I it's it's what, a 40, 50 hour game, I think? Something like that. Something like, yeah, I, I played through to that point in two days. Oh, wow. I don't, I don't think I'd slept much. I don't know what else was going on in my life, but probably nothing good. Um, but yeah, I, I, I sort of got to that point in two days and went, yeah, I don't care. I don't care. I, I can just go and watch Star Wars if I want to ha- enjoy this story. Which Final Fantasy is it with um, Vivi? Uh, that's nine. That's nine. Nine's good. I that's good. It's got Orko in it from yeah. <laughs> Vivi is. I I just want to give Vivi a hug. The Black Mage. Yeah, I just yeah. want to give them a little hug. They 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 need protection. Yeah, I was at a very weird point in my life when I played Final Fantasy Nine. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, like I still remember having a lot of fun with it. Yeah, like n- nine is pr- is the one mechanically I think I could go back to the most easily of that era. I'd like to go back with it to it without the pressure that I felt the first time I played it. Yeah, because I found out very early on that there are things that you can miss. Yes. And if you miss them, there's no getting them. Like, there's Stalazio coins, basically. Yeah. I think there's one you can get if you miss it the first time, but there's one that's just, that cannot be got. Yeah. So I ended up buying the guide and sitting there just playing the whole thing, like, check guide. Okay, have I done this thing? I've cleared this area. I've done that thing. I will move on. And I had less fun with it as a result of that. Like, I enjoyed yeah. the plot. Yeah. But, like, I because I felt like it was absolutely vital to have all 13 Stelazio coins yeah. and everything that comes from that, and, like, the like the best ending and everything else, like, yeah. I could have just enjoyed the game. It would have been fine. I didn't lose that much. Yeah. Eight has a weird special place for me because it's the one that I didn't understand most of the way through. Don't get me wrong. I didn't understand Materia... Yeah. Until very late in Final <laughs> Fantasy Seven, I I had um like pages and pages of downloaded stuff off the internet, which was only semi accurate because the Japanese and US versions were different to the PAL version, so numbers didn't always necessarily mean anything in that game. Mm. Uh, but I bred a gold chocobo and I you know experienced all the things. I got all all of the um barmet um. Uh, materia. I I got a couple of master materia. That was pretty damn cool. But eight was the one where it was like, oh, I've got to the end. I finally worked out how to do it, and I have just fashioned the finest set of magics. <laughs> um, junctioned like I had like sp- a spreadsheet that I'd written down. Like, okay, I know exactly how to get the best crossover of all the possible options of magics and summons and like fucking everything. I'd got them, like, maxed out on affinity. Like, I, I had basically everything exactly where I wanted it. And I just went into that last boss and fucking walked it. Yeah. <laughs> Which is difficult, because that one scales really well with your level. Mm. Luckily, I wasn't super overleveled. I just mm. had a really good magic out. <sighs> I remember playing Final Fantasy Thirteen. I never played any of its sequels. Very linear, but I still had a really good time with it. But the main thing I remember about it is... When the first time you eventually, like, ten hours in, reach an open area, um, there was an enemy that was way, way, way over-leveled for me, but it, you could get some really good stuff off of it that I that I wanted. Like, there was an item you can get off it that I think doubles the rate at which you gain experience. Ooh. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna... I'm gonna be incredibly fucking patient, and I'm gonna kill this thing. Right. And I spent, like two days fighting this thing over and over until I killed it um, so that I could walk, basically, so the rest of the game I could be like, oh, I'm so powerful. Blah, 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 blah. Anyway? Yeah, it was great. <laughs> I had a wonderful time. I don't think I've played 13. 13, as long as you go into it thinking of it as a linear game as opposed to a big sprawling open world, I think it's a really fun game. Hmm. Um, it's got some of my favourite uh, combat mechanics in the series. It has some characters that I really like. Um, it's just a lot of people dislike it because it is very linear. Mm. It is it is a linear game with RPG elements rather than he's an RPG with all the big sprawlingness that sort of su- suggests. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yes. 
Uh, so we have any other questions? I, I probably got very sucked into that one. Yeah. Uh, Tricky asks, there is a rude horse in your party that invades your personal space, walks with you into bars, poster bombs you and shit. You cannot get rid of the rude horse. What is the best use for this horse? Also, lads, 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 that is, that is a reference to my recent Let's Play of Lord of the Rings. Yes, you've told me this is a Lord of the Rings thing. I'll leave this to you. You, you um, know well, what to there's, do. With there's, there's the amazing... Okay. I think that might be photoshopped. <laughs> uh, that is a picture of uh, the gathered party ready to head out from Rivendell from plus, the Lord of the Rings the movie. Horse. Plus a, an expertly pasted in uh, image of what, the horse. What are you going to do with this horse? Tell me um, about this horse. I'm probably going to get it to carry a red acorn and some athalos. Yeah. All of the way to... Um, I got. I think I dropped them off at Lothlorien. Yeah. I had I had an extra... I had not extra, extra... Oh no, that's it. I got to Dolgal there. I needed to hire Gollum. I wanted. Ah. I didn't want to get rid of any of the hobbits. I was like, okay, <laughs> that that'll do. Um, Casual Attack asks, "How do you get over uh, how you look slash sound on camera slash mic long enough to share the content you make? Every time I try recording anything, I dissolve into a pit of despair and self-loathing." Um, do it anyway. Yeah, um, practice is a big part of it. Just keep doing the thing. Um, you have to just put one out into the world. And even if you hate it, you've got to put that first one out there so that you realise that it's not nearly as scary as you think it is and people aren't going to hate it nearly so much as you do. And... Yeah, because nobody is as, be- as big a critic of you than you. Yeah. So, but like, and, and beyond that, like, sometimes people just don't care about the things you care about. The things that you find, like, just the worst about, like, how you sound or how you look yeah. or whatever... There are plenty of people that just don't care, but if you have something that you're saying in a particular way, or that's particularly funny, then then people will keep yeah. coming. Um, perhaps give the first one to someone else and say, would you mind editing this and putting it up? Take that out of my hands. Because at that point, it's out in the world. It won't be nearly so scary for you to do the next one yourself. Uh, the one I quite like that I remember from um, listening to the McElroy's talking about podcasting a long time ago. They've got a book now. That might help. Um, <laughs> everyone's got a podcast except you. Um, I do. You do. <laughs> um, nope. Oh, yes. Um, the first five episodes of your show. Record them. Edit them to the best of your quality. And then never show them to anyone. Yep. And then episode six, that's where you start. That's episode one. By that time, you've had time to get your format sorted. You've had time to, like, um, like maybe work on some recurring bits. You understand how you introduce your show. Like, it's it's one thing that I've always sort of felt a bit squeaky about, like, old queer and pleasant strangers. The first few episodes, we didn't really have a, anything. We'd Like, we'd come up with an idea. It was mainly my fault. <laughs> like, if there is any blame to be had about the very earliest episodes of Queer and Friends and Strange, it's me, because I've never done a podcast. Um, but, and, and also my audio editing was pants. Um, as I've recently found out while making the skittisodes, I have fixed the audio in all of them. <laughs> but here's the thing. You, here's the thing. You make those mistakes and you keep pushing forward. Because yes. even if you put the episodes out that have the issues in them, people will still listen. People still listen to those first yeah. episodes and they stuck with us until we, the th- we improved the things. Mm-hmm. And, like, the fact that we have some early episodes where we hadn't quite worked out the format or we hadn't edited this, that, or the other way. Or we hadn't worked out the yeah. audio. Didn't fucking change the fact that people listened and enjoyed it and yeah. that you're writing in a letter into it now. Mm-hmm. So just just put 
just do the thing. You two could be us. The the scariest part is always just doing the thing. At some point, you just got to go fuck it and do the thing. Yeah. Um and um, Struthless. Follow Struthless is seventy percent real. Yeah. Don't worry about trying to make it a hundred percent. Make it seventy percent. Do the best that you can within, say, a, a, a specified time limit, and then put it out in the world. Yeah, I've heard it described previously as the fuck it limit. You yeah. you do as much as you can and go, okay, this is as good as I can get it. Fuck it. Out, out it goes. Yeah, putting restrictions on yourself is quite a good thing as well. Like, specifically a time limit, especially if you're planning on making, like, weekly or daily yeah. content. Because you won't have weeks to polish something. Just, you know, go, this is what I could do in two hours. I may get better at using yeah. my software for editing or whatever you do. Normalise your audio um, and make sure that you get rid of the noise from the back. And and maybe do loudness normalisation so that it's minus 24 Lutz. I don't yeah. know what Lutz even stands for. Yeah. But like it, it's, it, it's good on the ears that way. Yeah. That's my podcasting rec- editing advice. The more you listen to your voice, the more you'll eventually grow to not hate it as vehemently. Also, by listening to your own voice while editing, you will pick up on the things that annoy you about it, and you might even be able to edit them out live. Exactly. Um, I've improved things about how I talk on podcasts by editing my own podcast and listening to the voice I hated. And being like, I hate that, let's fix that next time. Yeah, like, even if you don't get it right every time, like, the fact that you edit yourself, you'll probably find yourself making less uh, um noises so regularly. Indeed. Uh, you will lay, hopefully use less filler words. Mm-hmm. Those, those are the ones. Those are the ones. Uh, as as Becky would tell you for editing anything. <laughs> no fellow ads. I beg love you. Uh, Omegon the Saint asks, why don't the archer enemies in Elysium cause hangovers? I'm guessing this is a Hades question. Can you repeat the question? Why don't the archer enemies in Elysium cause hangovers? I don't know. Hmm... Is, is that like yeah that... Elysium is the third level on yeah. um Hades I've been to that, I've been to yeah that I I don't know why they would cause hangover a hangover is very specifically uh Dionysus's thing is that not where Dionysus where Dionysus hangs out no Dionysus is up on Mount Olympus at the way top way up there maybe, maybe I've missed something but I'm I can't see the connection between where between Dionysus and Elysium but maybe I just don't know enough about Greek mythology we can say and a very limited amounts, don't we all? Yeah. Uh, Future Fishy asks, "How do you keep trying at something if you're really bad at it?" Asking for a friend. Um. <sighs> uh, you don't have to. Like, if it's yeah. causing you grief and like you're not enjoying it, don't. But if 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 it's something that you're having fun doing, then it doesn't matter if you succeeded it or not. It's about having fun. I'm very bad at pinball. But I play it because it's fun. I, I I think part of it is giving it giving yourself permission to fail is like a thing that is a learned skill. Oh, yeah. Um, 100%. much like whatever skill you are trying to learn that you are not very good at and you are trying and trying again, you are not going to straight away be okay with your own failure. Um, while you are trying this thing and struggling with it, just know that in the background, you are getting better at being okay when you fail at something. Mm-hmm. And that means that it'll get easier to fail over time, which means that you'll keep doing it, which means that you'll get better. Mm-hmm. So the the amount it might suck today to, to 
do a thing and go, this sucks. It's going to suck a little less next time, and it's going to suck a little less next time. Not just is the thing you're doing going to suck less, but you're going to feel less bad about it sucking. And it gets easier over time. Goes to the whole thing about the master has failed more times than the uh, apprentice uh, has ever even tried. Yeah. You have to get good at that. Like I came up with this whole concept of doing Project Freedom to Fail, which was like a couple of years of I'm going to keep making content of just ridiculous stuff like Stone Monkey Radio. I'm going to make um, dance videos where I dance around my local park to yeah. music I like. This was before copyright claims were quite as harsh <laughs> and, and and damaging as they are now. Just yeah. like, I'm just going to make a fun music video for a piece of music I like because I want to experiment with editing and, mm. um, you know, doing stuff to music. And just the idea of recording something where I can hear something and then I'm going to have to play it back and hopefully sync those two things up somehow. Um, One thing I would say as well is think about why it feels bad to fail at new stuff. Because a lot of it boils down to... um, And this is something that you can't necessarily change but you can be mindful of, is a lot of it comes down to capitalism. Um... We live in a society. We live in a society. We do live in a society. We live in a society that very much teaches us that if you're not doing something in a way that is uh, profitable or monetizable or shareable or um, good, then it doesn't have value. Because we live in a world where if you're not creating capital, what's the point? Um, And it's really driven us to this idea that. For example, art for the sake of art isn't a worthwhile use of time because unless you're able to do it, you know, professionally, then why do it? And that's a thing that's very much drilled into us and it it drives a lot of why people feel bad when they suck at something when they start. Yeah. Um, just be aware that that's a thing and be like, hey, look... It's fuck o- you, capitalism. Yeah, I'm doodling. Fuck you, capitalism. It's okay for me to do a shitty drawing and it's not very good, but I did it and I had... And it, it, that's fine. I did the best one I could do. I drew two of the worst fucking horses of my life today. <laughs> exactly. Well, actually, I drew four, but two of them went out into the world. <laughs> uh, so yeah, just don't let capitalism make you feel like you have to be good at something before it's okay to do it. Mm-hmm. There we go, we philosophised for a bit we there We have philosophised for a bit there And the last question is from Becky Hi Becky, I love you I love you Mwah. Mwah. Uh, Becky asks Think of genital accessories that people might genuinely want <sighs> The only thing I can think of mm-hmm. um, <laughs> And this is just a stupid joke From when I was getting lower surgery done mm-hmm. Um I can't even remember exactly how we got there, but I, I'd had some conversation with someone that was about lower surgery happening, but also about ha- um, lasers for getting rid of facial hair. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the end point was, get a laser installed when they put your new fanny in. And that's that's the only gentle accessory I can think of now is, laser I want a fanny laser. I open my legs and just laser. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking Cyclops from the X-Men when I open my legs. <laughs> So, do you have wear a special red monocle down there? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. There you I go. can't follow that up. <laughs> Tentacles? I, I, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, something I... gets near enough, you crotch the tentacles, just go yes yeah, this way, or push them away. 
Ah, Don't you yes. touch me. <laughs> it's good for all occasions. These tentacles act as the bouncers for your pussy. <laughs> your name's not Dan, you're not coming in. Come on, ID, mate. You're very giggly tonight. Yay! We Yay. fucking need that. Uh huh. That's all the questions. Well, then. Time for this. Time for this. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Brochure Justice Warriors. Brochure Justice Warriors. Yeah. Right, Larry. Right, Barry. How you doing? Um, my mental health is in the toilet, mate. Same, same. I need it's... some time off. I, I struggle with this time of year at the best of times. This year I am finding it yeah. particularly gruelling as we chug ever slowly more towards Brexit. It's uh, it's it's been a time. It has been a year. I've been head down in work trying to avoid thinking about it as much as I can. We have lived in interesting times. Interesting times indeed. Oh, yeah. so I've I've been thinking about a thing again this week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Start off. This is a good thing. I've seen a lot more conversations about accessibility recently, which is nice, wonderful. Nice. You know, you know, making sure people with disabilities are better accommodated in that. Nice. Oh, there's a re- really good uh, thing on YouTube. <laughs> oh yeah, accessibility. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I watched that. Uh, Laura K. Buzz. Oh yeah, yeah. This is good now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so like. You know, it's good that we're seeing more talk about accessibility, but yeah, like, yeah. one thing I've seen this last couple of weeks is yeah. that um, a lot of that conversation has been about, oh, well, we should be doing more to help accessibility because it's profitable. Uh, oh. here's, here's examples of like, oh, uh, disabled people's are consumers, and if you make stuff that's accessible to them, it's profitable, therefore you should do it. And I'm like, I mean, yes, that but is, is that really all you yeah, have, capitalism? Exactly. Because I'm like, that is that is not an unfair point, and that is part of the discussion, is disabled people are an audience to whom you can sell things. But also, we shouldn't be doing accessibility and improving accessibility for people because it's profitable. We should be doing it because it's the decent thing to do. Yes. To support people and to not have people left behind. Yes. I mean, we are talking about capitalism, but you are absolutely right. It, we should make sure that yeah. everyone, you know, can... Uh, there, there is a, you know, a degree of equity that, that yeah. everyone can get involved it, as much as possible. It, it sucks that is that financially going to benefit a corporation has to be a part of that discussion, you know? It is, but unfortunately that is where we find ourselves in capitalism. That is very much, unfortunately, the world we are in currently. And it's just a thing I keep thinking about is it's like, I I am glad to see that we have reached a point where certain, certain aspects of accessibility have become financially profitable. Yeah. But we need to not just focus on those forms. We need to, you know, focus on all forms of accessibility, whether they make money or lose money. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, right. it, it, it seems always that to get anything done requires, you know, the that that prompt of capitalism of, well, you could be making money on it. But, um, you know, it's nice that more stuff is happening, and I hope that more stuff happens just because, like, you know, yeah. there's been games like it can feel recently that that have had, like, a whole slew of, of accessibility options. But, you know, then you've got, you know, larger things like hardware. You know, that's yeah. it's very important, that, you know, to make sure that on a hardware level people can get involved. And exactly. And Nintendo particularly bad for that with, you know, oh, God, yeah, motion with controls or whatever. Games that often have forced motion controls with no alternative control schemes. Exactly. You know, like the adaptive controller is a good step forward, but, uh, you know, as has been pointed out, you know, it's got no touchpad on it, so that's... Yeah. You know, any games that require that, I mean, I've, I, yeah. I never had a PS4, so I don't really know how 
prevalent the use of that touchpad was? Uh, not much. Most of the time, it was swipe it to one side. It acted as a um, different menu button, usually. Yeah, and it feels like you could probably do that in other ways. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, like, it's... It's been interesting to see that implemented in a few like tech demo-y type things, but yeah. you know, um, you know, have alternative ways of doing things. Yeah, like or you know, just an option to just go. We're going to turn that off. We've turned that into a button press now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Where's your luck? Where's your luck? You sound sleepy, mate. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, I think you should probably head off to bed, mate. Yep, yeah, sounds like plan. Oh, sleep well, mate. Yeah, you too. So, Laura? Yes? Upon the internet, you can be found. <gasps> where? Where are these places? Where? Uh, Laura K. Buzz in all of the places. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. If you enjoy the stuff that I do, please consider as little as a dollar a month or other currencies. You could do a pound a month or a euro a month. They support other currencies now. Pound um, the month by my own month. Yeah. Uh, that, that allows me to keep doing the work that I do. Um... Every Friday on YouTube, I upload episodes of Access Ability, which is a show edited by the lovely Jane here. Hello! All about accessibility and representation in the games industry. Also, I stream on Twitch Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays at 10pm UK, 5pm Eastern, 2pm Pacific. Uh, LauraKBuzz.com, everything ends up there. That got a nice shiny new coat of paint recently. Um... Oh, what else is there? There's books. Uncomfortable Labels, that's out now. It's about being an autistic trans woman, and it's available as a book or as an audiobook on laurakbuzzstore.com. Additionally, Things I Learned from Mario's Butt is starting to ship out to contributors and backers and people. Oh, heck. By the time you hear this, if you're listening to this when it goes up on the 5th, um... It's probably going to be about a day away from the book being shipped out to people. Um, if everything works out, next week you should have your copies of the book if you're a backer. Um, oh, maybe a little longer depending on country, but people in the UK should have them next week, I think. You mean my book will have left this house only to return to this house? Exactly! Um, so that's Things I Learned From My Rose, but it's officially releasing on February 4th, 2021. But if you backed it, you get it. About six weeks early, maybe two months early. Oh, heck. Um, there's also Gender Euphoria. It's an anthology of non-cis people's just positive gender-affirming stories. It's coming out on June 10th, 2021. Also, there's podcasts. Pixel Squirt, it's about video game character porn. Uh, Dice Funk, it is a Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Every season's a self-contained story. I'm on seasons three, four, five, six, and 7. Uh, there's Podquisition, where we tell you whether your favourite video games are great or perfect. And I do a podcast with you that isn't this one. It's Polyarmory. It's yeah. a D&D 5th edition real play podcast with questionable morals. Ooh. And if you're listening to this, you should go and listen to yesterday's episode that went up. I will have edited that by now. <laughs> That's weird to think about time-wise. Um... Be prepared for the return of the greatest character in the Polyamory universe. <gasps> and I'm not talking about Parkin. Aww. I'm sorry Everybody loves Parkin. Everybody does love Parkin, but there's somebody else everyone oh, loves I, more. I, I know who this is going to be, mm. yeah. <laughs> mm. That character from season one is back, baby! Oh. I'm very excited. I'm, I've been waiting so long for this episode to come. <laughs> because I'm just very happy about what happens next. Um, 
yeah, we do that. That's fun. You can hear that on my uh, YouTube or my SoundCloud. Um, I think that also comes out on the Stone Monkey Radio and uh, 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 Apple Podcasts feed, so you can listen to it there. Yeah. Which means it's probably also on Spotify. Yes, that's another S word that I can remember. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I also I, I make t-shirts and things you can find them on my Redbubble I do this podcast which you can find also on my SoundCloud I make music under the name Bedroom Programmer on SoundCloud that's a whole different a different feed for you if you're into that because I didn't think I could get Backdoor onto Spotify that way I thought that would be a bit weird <laughs> um, I think it's a stream on Thursday nights uh, that's twitch.tv slash Janie I have a Patreon that's the most important ones Helps me pay my bills. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help me justify 69. Nice. <laughs> um, for for $10, for $10 a month, you can get early access to Queer and Pleasant Strangers, which usually goes up on a Wednesday. <laughs> Unless we talk about something that's under NDA and then it has to has to wait until the, the NDA. Lives. Unfortunately, yes. But you will always get it earlier than everyone else. Those yeah. are the rules. Uh, I think that's everything. You can find all of my links at streamerlinks.com slash janiac. That's J-A-N-E-I-A-C. And I am patreon.com slash radio. Thank you very much for listening. Laura. Sing's out, darling. Until next time, be a stranger. Mm-hmm.